trying to hide my sign from you. It's cute. As I said, happy Mother's Day. You may belie not believe it, but I don't like talking for people. <laughs> um, but today is Mother's Day. And um, I told my husband, and I think Sister Roe is going to talk, right? Okay, I was like, have Sister Roe talk today. And, um, but he and my dad said, yeah, but you too. So, and I was like, you know, honestly, I have nothing. <laughs> and, um, but this morning, you know, I was letting, try to let the Lord talk to me. You know, is there anything you'd like me to say? You know, I can always, I can get up and be silly. That's, that's what I do. And um, I started thinking about what the Lord has been dealing with me lately as a mother. You know, a lot of times, in, in previous Mother Days before not this congregation, because if you remember last year, it was Corona, so we weren't here. And years before, when I've spoken in, during Mother's Day, I have felt, you know, the felt to encourage moms, and you know, you are wonderful, and you are perfect, and you are what God made you, and all of that. And I do, I believe all of that, but this year especially, what I feel is a challenge. Because the world that we live in is getting worse and worse and worse by the day. Is it not? It's getting worse by the day. And this thing that we do called parenting is a battle. It's a battle. And some of us, our kids are on the front lines, you know. And we live in this culture of self, you know. You're ma and I'm, I'm such a sucker for it as well. I can use that word. I am, you know, I'm all about self-esteem for my kids. You know, I am, I am for giving everyone a trophy. Ah, I know. I'm a Republican, but I'm for giving everybody a trophy. <laughs> you know, they always make those statements, oh, parents these days, you know. My husband and I were in a parenting, no, it was a marriage class one day at another church, and the superintendent's wife is there speaking, and she started talking about uh, young adults these days. You know, this generation, they're so... You know, aren't they so selfish? They're so different from the way that we used to be. And there was one other set of parents in her generation that were in there, the teachers, and they're like, oh, yeah, amen, come on, talk about it. And she said, because we raised him that way. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> she got you. <laughs> and this, this is this generation, you know, where it's all about self, and it's like whatever you want to be or whatever you feel that you are. And... You can be anything, and that used to mean you could, like, grow up and be a fireman, but now that means you can grow up and be a woman or, you know, whatever you want to be. And, but in this culture of self, and I believe that's where it starts, is self, everything being focused around me and what I want. And I feel called to teach to serve. We teach our children to serve. And if you were at Sister Mays' uh, funeral this weekend, you heard, you know, I didn't know her. And um, I knew her family. Um, welcome to her grandson here today visiting us, Isaac, right? Okay. We are thankful to have him today. He used to be in this, you know, there's, this church is kind of, some of it's in Sela, some of it's here. Used to be in Wapato. And he was there when Brother Hart was there as a child. They probably played together, I believe. Time flies. Today he said he's 30. I thought for sure he was, you know, 20. And 
Sister Mays, they talked about Sister Mays and how she served and how she was happy to serve and she taught others to serve. And that just convicted me and I just thought, you know, that's what I want to be. You know, I want to serve. I want to teach my children to serve. And you saw that in her daughters this weekend. They were so gracious and they served. And they, you know, when the funeral was done, they were what can I do? Or thank you so much for everything you've done. You know, they just like above and beyond were grateful. And I thought, you know, they were a, just a great reflection of her. And I thought, you know, I want my, I want my kids to be that way. And um, on that note, I meant to say this in the beginning, I want to compliment you all, um, even though I know it's more than us, but between last Sunday and this weekend at the funeral, maybe five times or more, not the family members, but people who came to support the family members said, I feel so welcome here. I just can't tell you when I came here, I just feel so welcome. Somebody who was at church last Sunday, a visitor who, who used to be with us, she said probably three times, I feel so welcome here. I came in here and I feel so welcome here. Um, one of my friends who's no longer with us as well, she was here for the funeral. She, was sitting, she didn't come in this room. She was back there. She said, I feel so welcome here. It's just so weird. I feel so welcome here. So I want to compliment you. We want people to feel that way. And not only does it come from greeting and smiling, it's the presence of God drawing them, I believe. And I just, I just I kept telling my parents, you're not going to believe someone else told me they feel so welcome here. And so-and-so said they just feel so welcome here. And she said, I won't be here Sunday because it's Mother's Day, but you're going to see me again. And I was like, oh, yes. Because I love them. I love them. I love to see them. Anyways, we're teaching them to serve. And one way that we teach our children to serve is by serving them. Isn't that what we do as mothers? And that's why usually on Mother's, mother's Day, we're like, happy Mother's Day, you know, because we spend our lives serving. And one of my mentors, she used to always use a scripture, and it, it really applies. It's Matthew twenty five forty. It says, and the king shall answer and say unto them, verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And what are these children? The least of these. Everything that we do, every diaper, every load of laundry. Oh, my Lord. Some people talk about, I just do one load a day. I put it in the washer, and then I put it in the dryer, and then I'm done. And I'm like, for us, it's like five, okay? It's like five loads a day. And every meal. And it's so funny, you know, I'll, t I'll ask my kids, what's your favorite thing about me? That you cook for us? That you clean for us? Every time. They still have it, and I still do it. I mean, like a year later, I'll say, what's your favorite thing about me? That you cook for us? <laughs> it means something to them. Yes, it does. And the Bible also says that a student becomes his teacher. They watch everything that we do. And sometimes, you know, I think the enemy would like for us, there's a certain healthy amount of this, but we think all they see is the negative, right? We can remember the negative. And we think all they see is, you know, this, you know, the guilt, the guilt of holding that phone in front of your children. And I even, we have these discussions in our house where I'm like, but what I do on my phone is not what you do on your screen. You're playing games. You're watching things. I'm reading. I'm talking to daddy right now. I'm like, you know, trying to tell, hey, like, this is business. And 
you hope, you know, that they see all of the positive that you do, you know, what the way that you want to be remembered. And so the, the scripture for that is Luke 640. It says the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And so we think about, you know, all that we do and all that they see and are we teaching them to serve? Do we, I'm guilty, you know, I complain and I, you know, to serve in front of them with, without complaint or and even to serve them without complaint, you know, that's probably the tough one sometimes. And that's what I felt today was to challenge us as mothers to serve to know that how it, that is your calling that's a part of your calling and I kind of brushed that off for years uh, some people would tell me that's your calling you're a mother those are your children those are your souls those are you know don't feel pressure to do other things that's what you're doing and I have I still embrace that while I do other things but they are my first calling are they not? Aren't our children our first calling? My job is to teach them and to lead them. And um, it's amazing at this age, you know, I'm mainly speaking to mothers, you know, you still have children that you're raising, right? When they're still at this fine age where they believe you when you talk to them. You know what I'm saying? They love mom and dad at this age and respect them so much that if a teacher tells them something kind of funky and then they come home and tell you and you say, oh no, that is not what the Bible says. What you say is priority. They're like, Psh, that teacher is wrong. I might even go and tell her, <laughs> you know how kids do. My mom said, this is such an important age where they listen to us. And um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I thought I'd give a little plug. Brother Johnstone, I think it's a great idea. Pastor Johnstone, he had started this little library, and it's in the, I moved it to the prayer room. I forgot who's been there before. It has a ton of kids' devotionals. There's several. And if you ever have some that you want to donate, you can. I come and donate them. Brother Johnstone put several there. But if sometimes if you want to take a devotional home and do it with your kids, there's a cool one that has science in every lesson. Um, you're always welcome to go there. There's parenting books that are encouraging. But... I just wanted to tell you that I love you today and thank you for serving. And I felt like that was, Sister Mays was the ultimate example of that this weekend when we got to hear all about her serving. And I told Sister Roa when she came up here and talked about Sister Mays and then I heard about Sister Mays, I told her, I learned a lot about you when I learned about Sister Mays. Because you may or may or may, or may not know that Sister Dora, she knows when each one of you are missing she knows when somebody's sick. You may have received a meal from her at some point. But she has such a burden for ladies' ministries. And they kept saying how Sister Mays has such a burden for ladies' ministries. And I thought, as Brother Matthew preached, she's taking up the bones. She's taking them with her. And she is leading these ladies. But I just want to show you this. My mom got this for me. It's so cute. And I think it's probably a corona thing. You know, everything's like corona-inspired now. It says, drink all the coffee, teach all the little humans. Isn't that the truth? Yep. Right, Sister Ruby? Drink all the coffee, teach all the little humans. <laughs> Ruby's like, those humans. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. All of the mothers 
if you would come line up in front here, in front of me. Not that way, but this way. You'll come line up. Can we give these ladies a hand? All the moms. All the mamas, all the mamas. Brother Flowers went all the way to Toppenish and got some peonies for you. So he's going to hand them to you. There might be enough to do two each, probably. <laughs> they will bloom. That's good. They're fresh. These are those who have accepted the challenge. And you know what, kids? Are you listening? All you little kids in here? Moms love being moms. Don't we? We wouldn't trade it for the world. It is our favorite thing to be your mom and to serve you and to teach you and everything you say is so cute and everything you do is so cute. And we love, even when you're older, you're still our babies. And we love you so much. We wouldn't even be up here if it weren't for you. Okay, give these ladies a hand. Still delivering flowers. There you go, Brother Vance. Okay. Happy Mother's Day, Sister Rose. Vance says, Happy Mother's Day. Gotcha. Good job. Good job. All right. Why don't we go ahead and dismiss our children to their classes and their teachers? I appreciate my wife and all that she said here. I'm lucky I get to live with her as the mother of my children. She's a great one. I'm thankful for her. I'm also thankful for Sister Schoonover. She's not here with us today, but I sent her a message saying Happy Mother's Day. I, my mind always uh, goes back to when it, my very first time I met her, I think pretty much then is when I knew I wanted to marry my wife because I thought this is the family that she comes from. These are the parents that raised her. Those are her sisters, all the, the whole package there. But I remember that specifically when I met Sister Schoonover. I thought this is not a bad family to be able to marry into. So happy Mother's Day, Sister Schoonover. I'll also say to my mom, if and when she gets to watch this online, happy Mother's Day, Mom, Sister Dora, I'm going to invite you up at this time. Would you rather be down here or do you prefer? Okay. <laughs> we appreciate Sister Dora as well.
God bless you all this morning. I've already told you happy Mother's Day. Oh, we are so blessed. I mean, I, I think it's Sister Lorraine, and last year I remember we were at COVID, and it was just like ugh, such a, a terrible time. I just say it's just terrible. It was just awful because I love to be in the house of the Lord. I love to be with my sisters. And, you know, it would have been easy for them to just say, you know what, let's just keep going this way. And you know what, it wasn't that way. You know, God has really, really blessed us with elders who are caring, who make that extra effort to be able to, for us to be able to do things. And, and I just appreciate them. And so I thank you for having this opportunity. You know, when he told me this, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be, last year it was, it was really good because last year it was over Zoom and I didn't have to see anybody, I didn't have to see any faces. I could just say, yeah, this and this. So this year it's kind of a little bit different. But, you know, I was praying and, and last night I was, I, I, it, when God speaks to me, I'm just like questioning everything. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sure really, Lord, if this is where you want me to go because who am I? Who am I to be able to talk to your people in this way? But God has confirmed it in every single song that we've, we've sung that we have a purpose. So um, we're going to uh, take a look at the Proverbs 31 woman today. So if you could put up Proverbs 31, please, on the board. And, um, you know, we're going to see exactly, exactly what this virtuous woman looks like. So I believe it starts with verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Do you know, this is just a little side note here, that rubies are more valuable, they're more pricey than diamonds are. So when the Bible is telling us that her, our price is far above rubies, we are way better, way classier than the diamonds. We are more valuable, and it says far above. So we have to ma make sure that we remember that. Keep going, please. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so he shall have no need of spoil. Keep going. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Next verse. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, and her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yeah, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. 
strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. We've read this verse, this passage so many times. And we as women, we look at it, we think, how? How am I going to do all of this stuff? How? I mean, there is just amazing. All of these things that this woman does. She sews. She buys things. She, she's constantly doing stuff. And so you're thinking, oh my gosh, how can I do this as a woman of God? How am I supposed to reach everything, do all of this stuff? You know, I teach anger management, and we have this lesson we call the man in the box. Well, I call it the person in the box because we all have things, we all have input from people. We have people from our families, we have our friends, we have our schools, we have our classmates, we have all of these things that we're trying to achieve. And then we add in our religious beliefs, we add in our, tra our traditions, we add in our customs, and then we're sitting there going, oh my gosh. And we're all on overload because we don't know how we're gonna do all of this stuff. There is not enough hours in the day. There's not enough days in the week. There's not enough weeks in the year. And there are certainly not enough whole days in the whole year. There is just not enough time to do all of this. And so what do we do? We get frustrated and we say, you know what? I'm done. I cannot do this. So let's take a look at this. Let's really take a look at what this Proverbs is telling us because I think we missed part of the message here because this Proverbs, this Proverbs 31, it's not just telling the women how to do things. It's telling you men to do things too. So y'all are not off the hook. A lot of times, you know, I, was in, I went to Bible college. They were like, oh yeah, you gotta be this woman. You have to be this way or I'm not gonna marry you. And I said, well, who said I wanted to marry you anyway? It just doesn't work that way, dude, you know? <laughs> I was pretty upfront. They, just, they, they knew me, so it was just like, okay, Sister Dora, you know, just go over there. <laughs> and I was, fine, I'll go. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, we have to remember that this Bible is for everybody. So when we're talking about Proverbs 31, it is talking to everybody. So let's take a look at this. Proverbs 31 person, okay? Because we all need to be like this. We all, I'm gonna change this to the Proverbs child of God <laughs> because that's what we need to be. So it talks about this person. It's an ideal. It's an idea. Do you remember Ken and Barbie? Yeah, they were so perfect. They all had cars, they had this and they had, okay, we all couldn't, we were all like, oh, jealous that Barbie could go be an astronaut. She could be the president. She can be whatever she wanted to be. But we didn't say, but I can do that. No, because I, Barbie was the ideal and Ken was the ideal. They were perfect in every way. And sometimes we let ourselves get discouraged because we think, okay, so I'm not like that. I'm Mexican. 
I'm Barbie. Barbie, Barbie, you know, Barbie goes around like that, and, and that's, not, that's not me. So when we talk about the virtuous person, we need to take a look at what it really says. The virtuous woman in the Bible, the virtuous person, we need to look at it because if we don't, then we're going to always think that we are going to fall short and we're never going to do what God wants us to do. We're going to get stuck in that, oh, you know what, I can't do that. I'm not called to do that. Well, we are called, just like Elder said this morning. That's why I'm sitting here. I was sitting there going, oh, my gosh, Lord, he's going to start preaching and I'm going to have nothing to say because he's going to go all into the, what I'm going to say here. But when we look at the word the virtuous woman in Hebrew, it's a shayilim. And that means a woman of valor. The root of this word means courage, valiance, or force, particularly military force. It's translated as boldness, daring, audacity, and strength, as well as meaning decency, honor, and goodness. So this word means strength, it means power, it means might, it means valor, but wait a minute. It means something military. And I thought of that, I thought, hey, that's a warrior. That is what we need to be. We miss that part because we're so busy trying to think, well, yeah, I have to sew, I have to do this, I have to buy this. That's not what this entails. This entails that we need to be those virtuous people. We need to be those warriors. We need to be able to go out and win those souls. We cannot just say, you know what, I'm good. No, we can't. I'm good. I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to heaven. That's not where it all ends. It ends with us taking somebody with us. It ends with us saying, like Paul said, follow me. As I follow Christ, come on, let's go. We can't leave them here, okay? It means that we need to join together with the person that we're with. Whether it be our husbands or whether it be our family members, we need to join with them and we need to stand strong. The Bible says when everything goes down, we need to stand. And where do we stand? We stand on his word. We stand on his goodness. We stand planted on the rock that is God. And we have his blood that is shed and it's coming and it helps us, it heals us and it does whatever we need for it to do. We need that in our hearts. So the second thing that we can, we can look at is we can think about the purpose. Okay, so the purpose of this Proverbs is to show us which way we're gonna go because you know what, we need a roadmap. We cannot go anywhere without a roadmap. You know, back to anger management, we tell them you need to know which way you're going because if you don't, you're going to let this past. It's going to overtake everything that you're going. I said, if you went down the hi highway over there and you're going in reverse, what do you think is going to happen to you? You get stopped by a cop because say, what is wrong with you? You're going the wrong way. You're going this way. You're supposed to be going that way. And a lot of times the devil has us so confused that we're going backwards and we don't even know it. And, and it's just like, we're, we're, we're like, but I'm stuck. Yeah, we're stuck. Sometimes we do get stuck. But you know what? We gotta get it out of that reverse and we gotta go put it back into drive and start heading that way. Because we are the model. Because like we said this morning, 
my sister said, they're watching us. They see whatever we do, they know. Just like when you're teaching. When you're teaching and you're telling your kids, yeah, this, this, and this, and they're looking at you saying, but that's not what you're doing. I can see you clearly. I know you're chewing gum, and you told me I can't chew gum in class. And you're like, yeah, that's true. If you don't follow the rules, I'm not going to follow the rules. And that's basically what they tell you, straight up. So we need to remember that this, song, this proverb was written by a woman. Okay, you dig a little bit deeper, and you see that this woman is telling her son what to look for in a woman. Says, moms, you got to teach your kids. You have to teach your son. You know what? This is what you want. You want somebody who's going to follow you, who, somebody who's going to stand right beside you, because when the storms come, when the issues come, when life comes, you got to be able to stand and the Bible says if you're standing with somebody, you're way stronger than standing alone. Amen. Poor person, the one that's standing alone because they have nobody to help pick them up. But that's what we're here for. You know, I, I, I was teaching the lesson yesterday. We were talking, I was talking about division and how the d enemy comes to divide. But you know what? He didn't divide this church. COVID happened, but you see... How many people are here today? You see that we're still united. We are still here saying, you know what, sister? Let me help you. Let me help you. Because you know what? I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like. Let me be the prayer warrior that you need today. Let me be your strength. Let me be your broom tree. Let me put my roots deep down and let you come and rest a little while. That's what I'm here for. That is the warrior in me saying, come with me. Let my shield cover both of us. Walk side by side with me. So we need to be children of God. So what does a woman or what does the Proverbs child have? Right now, we have seasons, and we spend our lives cultivating what we need to have, just like Sister Lizzie did. Sister Lizzie planted so many seeds. She planted them, but God gave the strength. God gave the increase, and that's what we do. We cultivate, we plant into our children, and then we have to let God do what he needs to do. And sometimes it's pruning, and sometimes it's hard. It is hard to see when somebody has to go through that process. But they can go through that process as long as they know somebody is there for them. And that's what we need to do. We need to be there for everybody. We need to spend years cultivating our own life and heart because you cannot give to anybody else what you do not have. If you are not full of prayer, you can't tell somebody, go pray for a little bit. They're going to say, okay, show me, teach me. We need to get back into the word. That's why I said we're founded in this word. This is what we need every single day in order for us to be able to succeed, in order for us to be able to go forward. Because if we don't have that, then we're not going to do it. So she invested time in God. She invested time in what she knew was going to be eternal. Her kids were eternal. 
It wasn't about the business. It wasn't about the clothes. It wasn't about being with the elders. It wasn't about that. It was building those relationships so those people knew that they could come to her and they were safe. Just like I was with Sister Lizzie. She was my safe place when I was young. I could go to her and there was nothing that I could tell her that she would judge me. She would just say, you know what, sister, let's just pray about it. Because that's all we can do. Nobody can change the hearts but God. And she was such an example. And it was just amazing to see everything that she went through because you know, she did so. And she was amazing, so her. I mean, I, it, it was just, she worked and she did all this stuff and I'm sitting there going, and how am I ever gonna meet up, how am I ever gonna meet that expectation that you're setting up for me, sis? And she just laughed at me, she said, just give it some time, Sister Dora, you'll be okay. <laughs> and I'm like, but I want it now. And that's a lot of the times we want those things now. We think that when we're in God, that if, if we don't have it right now, this minute, like our microwave, you know, it doesn't happen that way. And we're not very patient. See, I can't sew. And you know why I can't sew? Because I'm not patient. I can do other things. I can make things. I can, well, not as many, but now. But I can embroider. I can do all this other stuff that takes time. But when it comes to sewing, oh, no. Uh-uh. I'll go buy it. I'll, I'll just do that. Because you know what? It, is, it just takes way too long. And, but there's patience. You need patience. You need to grow in God. And you can only do that by visiting him. And I, now, I know all you guys that are married, I know you all were calling each other all the time and telling each other all these nice little things. Well, you know what? God tells us those nice little things right here. But we got we to gotta get in it. We got to know. We got to know God. We have to know God. So what was this ministry that this woman had? It was her relationship with God. We don't know what she looks like. She, it doesn't say anything about what she looks like. But it shows her character. And it shows that she knew how to honor God. When we honor our elders, when we honor the people that are around us, we honor God as well. And that is what we need to remember, that those are the things that are really important, the eternal things. She lived a Martha life in a merry world. Okay? But now, we need to be merry. We need to sit at his feet. We need to lay on our faces because, you know what, now I, I can't pray on my knees as much anymore, but I can, I can fall flat on my face. And I do do that. Yesterday, last night, was a really hard night for me. I'm, I, I was sitting there, I was struggling. I was just like, Lord, it just doesn't. Well, you know what, but it's what you said, so I will do it, it will. <laughs> because, you know, we have to make sure that we set our priorities. We can get so busy doing everything for everybody else that we forget that we gotta spend time with God too. We have to take that because that's the only way that we're gonna get to know him better. That's the only way. So what's the Proverbs 31 person all about? It's about becoming what God wants us to be. <laughs> Saying yes. 
And I was sitting there thinking, Lord, okay, okay. Even the songs are telling me, go this way. <laughs> I can't do anything else. So um, are you ready to be the warrior that's needed at this time? Because you know what? Corona is, hopefully, Lord willing, it's over. But we still need to, we still need to be those warriors. We still need to have that faith. Are you ready to join the ranks of the Proverbs 31 army? It's composed of people just like you who love God and their families. It's made up of people who love the Lord with all their hearts, their soul, their mind, their strength, and they long to make God happy. This is about love. This is about making God happy. And how do you do that? By obeying him. That is what God loves. You want to show God you love him? Obey him. And that's all we need to do. So let's be the army that's going to change the world, one marriage, one family, one generation at a time. God bless you all. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Dora. I appreciate what she said and what I feel here today. I'm not going to take too much longer, but I'm hoping we can just follow after the Lord for a little bit. And uh, I, have, I have a little bit of direction, and for this direction, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to ask all of the unmarried people, all of the unmarried people, to come sit in this section right here. If you're, in, if you're married and you're in this section, you're going to need to move. All of the unmarried people. And I'm going to ask all of the married people to sit in this section right here. We're, we're, I, we are, we're changing from talking about Mother's Day, but I believe the Lord's going to help us here. You're unmarried, as far as I know. I appreciate your willingness to help with this. Oh, if you're, you're fine right there. Unmarried and married. This is not a speed dating game, so don't worry. I'm not trying to play matchmaker here, nor am I trying to play home wrecker here. I'm just trying to follow the Lord. In this section right here. <clears throat> if you are unmarried in this section, this section. You never know what's going to happen when you come here. In fact, I heard somebody say they gave somebody else a warning last week. <laughs> but that's all right. I'd rather not know than, than know. If I know, why go? Right? 
Oh, don't make me preach on that. Come on now. There's a lot of places you can go where you know what's going to happen. This is not one of them. And it starts right here. When I don't know, you sure don't know. But that's, we do know what we're going to do. We're going to follow after the Holy Ghost. So that much we know. And that's, that makes me confident. I know that much. I know that the Holy Ghost is going to lead. I mean, there's not one time ever in my experience in ministry with myself or with anybody else that's been asked or tasked with ministering, not one time has that minister gone before the Lord and said, I just want you to lead and have your way. And then the Lord say, ah, oh, no, not today. I don't have anything I need to do today. We're not going to do anything today. Just, just be happy. Just love everybody and be happy and go about your business. No, the Lord desires to minister to us, every one of us. There's a word that's, that's been said here a couple of times. And I feel like the Lord would just want to say a few things about it. And the word is relationships. And as far as I know, the reason why you are split into these two different categories is because, in large part, the word relationship means something different to this group than it means to this group. Now, I relate, I have relationship with all of you in different ways, different, different realms. But as a husband and a wife relate to one another, that is on a level reserved by God that no one else should be relating in that way. That's the scripture. But even still, further and beyond that, I told you I'm just not speed dating. Don't get, don't get nervous over here, okay? But the unmarried, and I realize even within this group, there's pretty good diversity here of what we see. And same over here, diversity. But with the, with the unmarried group, relationships, They mean, or what they should mean. Now understand, what the Bible says and what society says are so totally different, they're not even close. We can't even draw comparisons. 
You get in trouble if you try to draw a comparison to what the Bible says is an acceptable relationship and what the Scripture says. Do you know the Bible doesn't even give you instructions for dating? Believe me, I've looked. And no, it doesn't say Friday night, 7 o'clock, the man picks up the woman, they go out and have dinner, and he buys. It's not in there. The Bible does say when a man finds a wife, he's found a good thing. So, that alone is enough for me as a man to know that if I'm not married, then one of these days, if I find something, I'm going to find a good thing. The one that God wants me to have. And it says a whole lot about a husband and a wife. And how the husband is supposed to love the wife. And how the wife is supposed to love the husband. So we know that that is a scriptural precedent. The Bible does not say that everybody should be married. If it did, I'd be sitting here wondering what's wrong with you, all you people. Come on, get to it. We don't got a lot more time on this earth. But I got married when I was 19 years old. Who Raise your hand if you're over 19 in this group. Almost all of you. We look to the Word of God for our relationships. Brother Timothy, if you'll put up Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. I thought about relationships, and this, this verse has been coming to me a few times in the last few days. But um, this is what it says. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'll tell you where we get into trouble. When we ask what's normal. What's the normal pattern? Elder got married at 19. Does that mean if I'm 25 I should be married already? Because that was normal? Or does that mean he got married too young because that wasn't normal? And we use that word normal. That's dangerous. It's normal after you get married if you start to fight to start to think about divorce. That's just normal. Does that mean it's okay? See, we get in trouble when we think what's normal. And then we think, well, what's expected of me? 
I'm going to remind you, we've, we've talked about the purpose that God has for every person here. That's all of you, and that's all of you. And that's those kids and those teachers in the classroom. It's all of us. There's a purpose, a calling on every life. But in my relationships, those things can tear and pull apart what I'm trying to do in my walk with God. Husbands, you have a choice. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve your wife? Wives, you have a choice. Are you going to serve your husband or are you going to serve God? Well, you find when you do it correctly, doing one leads to the other. The wife needs a leader. That's how God made her. She needs a go-between. Man, you guys threw me off. I'm thinking, where's your wife? <laughs> they split up the rows on me. I thought, hang on. I can't do math in my head and <laughs> preach at the same time. <laughs> but but the, the wife is made this way to need a leader. The husband is made to be a leader. The husband also has to have a leader. The Bible says that the head of every man is Christ. So the man has to have a woman. The man has to have a leader. That's Christ. The woman has to have a leader. That's her husband. And that is a God-ordained relationship. So where's all your helpers? All the single men, all the single women, the woman that needs a leader and is not married, the man that needs a helpmeet and is not married, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody that you're doing anything wrong. The last thing I want you to do is feel like, oh, elder said I got to get married. Let's go get married. No, I want us to observe the scripture and look for God-ordained relationships in our lives. And I want us to observe our lives. And look for relationships that are not God-ordained. I wouldn't advise this, but single people, you can give your phone number out to anybody you want to. I just said I wouldn't advise it. But there's no rule against it. Don't you even start thinking over here. <laughs> but I'm looking for the God-ordained relationships in my life. 
I had a best friend from the time I was about 13 years old till the time I was about 18 years old. I had already met my wife. We had started dating. And he moved a few states away. We grew up together. I mean, we spent more time together than we spent apart. We were best friends. But as the will of God would have it, we could not remain best friends and follow the calling of God that was on our, our lives individually. And it was hard, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. It was difficult. You know what? How old am I, 35? I haven't seen him face-to-face -face since I was, I guess, 18, 19, maybe. You want to talk about ripping the Band-Aid off. Now, we talk, we text every now and then. We just kind of see how each other's doing. He's married, he's got kids, doing his own thing. But I had to make a choice. Which one of these is the God-ordained relationship going forward? Because, man, we get together, we just have fun. We have a blast. And I look at this potential relationship, and I see work. Is that too honest? Now I see responsibility. You know, my best friend, he doesn't, he doesn't ever, he wouldn't text me and say, uh, did you make it to work all right? What, what, you know, there's responsibility in this God-ordained relationship. And I just have a feeling sometimes we look at responsibility as something to shy away from. I'm not ready for that. That used to be a running joke between my wife and I. People would say, well, we're not ready. We're going to have kids when we're ready. I mean, we, we got a pretty early start. And I don't think we were ready. But so it became a joke to us. What does ready look like? Uh, One's working, one's not. Both are working. You bought this, you got this. And then you're ready. I don't, I don't know. I mean, let me know. I'm by no means saying that, that I'm the pattern. Or, see, normal. We're looking for what's God-ordained. Not what's normal. Not even what's expected. Because who's... If I think about expectations and whether I'm meeting them or not, I get in a dangerous place. This is a fun Mother's Day for me. Now, I mentioned that relationship with my best friend. I had the relationship with my parents, a close relationship with my parents. And I had never talked to them about wanting to marry a girl before. I had had a few other female friends, but I had never, oh, Dad, how'd you know when you were ready to get married? 
uh, Mom, does she look like a Proverbs 30 woman to you? <laughs> no, we didn't have those conversations on that level. But once w my wife and I started to talk and, and, and develop a relationship, I felt one day I'm ready to have this talk with my dad. And I waited until he was working on a project because that's usually when it's uh, safe to talk without, you know, there's a clear start and a clear stop. <laughs> so I don't remember what the, pre I know he was outside or he maybe he had just come in from, the, and I thought, how do you start a serious conversation with your father? That was, uh, that was me when I was that age. But I said, uh, I feel like, um, I feel like I am supposed to marry her. He said, okay. All right. We'll talk about that. And then he went on working on his project. And I thought, whew, that was easy. <laughs> and uh, then there were some other conversations had. But uh, what, I, what happened was the relationships changed. The roles in the relationships changed. I thought about this a, a, a few, uh, I guess it's been a few years ago now. The Lord just, you know how I'll just give you a scripture really fast out of nowhere. You're not thinking about it at all. And I was, uh, I think I was in my 30s, but he gave me the scripture, honor your father and mother. And I thought, okay, have I not been doing that? Do I need to hear, is there a lesson here that I'm needing to learn that I haven't learned yet? Is this, a, you know, I know that's a scripture. I know it's in the Bible. It's what I'm supposed to do. Honor your father and mother. And I thought, well, I don't know the last time I've heard that. I don't know the last time I've made a conscious effort to uh, look over my life and say, am I honoring them? Do I, have I honored them correctly? But you know what? There's this little voice in the back of my head that thought, that's just for kids. That's like, you know, use that on your, on your own little ones to make them obey. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. Listen to me. But what, what the Lord was showing me was there's these relationships, these God-ordained relationships. You don't get to pick your father or your mother. None of us did. Right? We weren't these little kids going to a, to a shop and we see a little mom and dad in a window. Oh, I want those. No, we don't get to pick them. Can you imagine that for a second? The Lord gives you something beyond your control and then he gives you the command to honor them. That's not fair. Is it? What, did I miss something? No. But what I do is I look at this as a God-ordained relationship and say, I've got to make sure I'm doing what the Bible says and honoring them. And I love it, especially a group this big and this diverse we could come up with a lot of reasons why someone might not honor a parent here. That would be a fun, awkward discussion. But the Bible doesn't say unless 
Honor your father unless he... Honor your mother unless she... You know why? Because we don't look at normal. We don't look, we, we would like to, my, my dad just wasn't a normal dad. And if he had been, sure, I'd honor him. My mom just didn't meet the expectations of what a mom's supposed to do. If she would have, I'd have no problem honoring her. We don't look at normal. We don't look at expectations. We look at the scripture. Would you say that word relationships? It's what the Lord's talking to us about today. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I need healthy relationships in my life. We expect, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I need my wife to come and play. It's going to help me land this plane. And I'm not trying to be rude. I want you to hear what I'm saying, though. We expect our relationship with God. This, okay, this is rhetorical. I'm not thinking about anyone individual, so I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But if we're not careful, we would expect our relationship with God to survive on a few hours a week. Sundays, maybe some Tuesday nights, maybe some times in the middle of the week if I feel like reading the Bible or praying a little bit. And I expect my relationship with God to survive on that when I have no problem giving 20, 30, 40, 50 hours a week to other relationships. My friends, my buddy, my wife, my kids. And, 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 those and then I want to go to God and say, you're the most important thing in my life. I worship you. Oh, you worship me, do you? With a few hours a week. That's worship to you? Is this a healthy relationship that we have going on here? I'm talking about between me and the Lord. I wonder sometimes if he's sitting there thinking, I would love a closer relationship with you. I would love to show who I am to you more. Get to know you in a deeper way. Spend time with you. And you know what? Here's the beautiful thing. When we're spending time, we can work through those issues with your parent, your friend, your spouse. We can work through those things. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Lord is offering that to us today. I promise you, you cannot spend too much time with God. You can't do it. 
But you know what? You can spend too little time with him. What do you mean he's always there? He's always present. How would your spouse feel if that was your relationship towards them? She's always there. She's in the house. He's in the house. He's down there. He's in the garage. That's us being together. Really, that's spending time together. You cannot spend too much time with the Lord. He goes to work with me. Nobody else is allowed to do that. I was... (laughs) Oh, Lord, you're funny. I was talking to my kids on the way to church this morning. They... One of them asked me, what does that word limit mean on the speed limit? And I said, well, it's kind of like the top. It's the highest. It's the most. I said, do you know what the word maximum is? She said, yeah, I've heard that. Okay, so that's it's limits like the maximum. And I said, what's the maximum number of people that can be in this car right now? And she counted and told me. And the Lord just right now told me, I ride in the car with you. Count me in. The maximum is not four. It's God plus whoever's there. The max, whatever, you got a four-seater car, five-seater car, add one. The Lord is there. He can be. He wants to be. Why don't you stand? The Lord, I'll put it this way. He doesn't need an invitation, but he wants one into your life. We've said this before. No man knows the day or the hour when the Lord is going to come back. We don't know when our time is up, but we're going to take our last breath. That proves to me that God is in control of everything and in charge of everything. But more than being in control and being in charge of everything, don't you think the Lord wants a one-on-one relationship with you? I'm not satisfied to just tell the Lord, you're in charge of everything, so you'll just have your way. Do what you want to do. No, I want him to know from me he's welcome to be with me, to spend time with me, to speak to me. My ears are open when he's talking. My phone is down and off when he's talking. Lord, I want to spend that time with you. I want to build the relationship with you. And don't be surprised when he's, when you're building that relationship with him, don't be surprised when he starts to talk to you about your relationships with other people. I'm really trying to end. Don't be surprised when he says, you know, now that I've got some alone time with you, I can tell you how to be a better father. I can tell you how to be a better husband, a better wife, a better friend. 
this group, now that I've got some alone time with you, I can tell you, proceed with that relationship or stop that relationship. That's what I want. Lord, I want to hear you. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to know your will. Jesus, I need you in every relationship. I need you in every relationship. I'm going to open this altar. I'm going to encourage you to find a place and pray. Let the Lord develop. Come on, I feel that building hand of the Lord here. His strength is here. Lord, I need you. I need you above all others. God, I need to be the right friend. I need to be the right husband. I need to be the right father. Jesus, I need to honor my parents accordingly. I need to have the Word of God in my life and live according to it. Jesus, in your name, Lord, I pray that you would build strong relationships through our lives. God, I know you are the friend that I need. You're the father that I need, the mother that I need. God, you're the friend, the brother, the sister that sticks closer than a brother to me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I want to spend time with you. I want to know you, fellowship with you. I want to fellowship with you, Father. I want to know your presence. I want to know your voice. God, you're welcome in my life. You're welcome in my life, Jesus. In every relationship that I have, God, I want to see the hand of God there. I want to know this is a God-ordained relationship. One that's pleasing to you, God. One that's going to get me in line with your will. One that's going to get me in line with this purpose on my life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm acknowledging once again the purpose on my life, the calling that's on my life. God, you desire to do great, great things here with every person. today. Get this agreement with the Lord in your spirit today. I want to walk in alignment with you, Father. I want to walk according to your will, your plan. Hallelujah. My desire. Yes, Lord. My desire is to be what you've called me to be. In the name of Jesus. Plan for my life. Hallelujah. Is to 
I feel the Lord helping people right now. If you would just open up to the Lord, He will help you. He'll pour out His grace on you. He'll pour out His grace on you that, that we need. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I'll say yes to you, Father. giving us this wisdom and this direction today, O oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to lead us. Lead us according to your word, O oh God. Lead us according to your power in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, let right relationships be established. Let God-pleasing relationships be established, O oh God. And I pray that you give us grace and wisdom Jesus, if there are any things we need to disconnect ourselves from, give us the grace, give us the wisdom to do so. Jesus, I don't want any relationship that's a burden or a weight on me, God, that you would not desire, that you have not designed to be that way. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, my Father. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. We've got some refreshments out here in the foyer in case anyone...